You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. My name is Riley Choquette, and I've been at Highland for six years. Hi, I'm Ivy. I've been a member at Highland for the past four years. John Eagle, I've been at Highland for six years. Brea, and I've been a member at Highland for the past four years. Matthew McKee, I've been at Highland for seven years. Hi, I'm Anna, and I've been a member at Highland for the last year. Silas and Sita, I've been at Highland for one year. When I think about loving one another and what scripture has to say about that, I think of Philippians 2. John 15, 13. John 13. Philippians 1, 27. I think of what Paul teaches the Church of Galatia. Let us do good to every and especially to those who are of the household of faith. If we want to live a life worthy of the gospel, then we need to be in agreement with one another and working together. Greater love has nothing other than this than to lay down your life for a friend. If you're going to love the world like Christ did and are willing to lay down your life, it's not something that's halfway. It's not when it's convenient. It's not from our own heart, but from the love that we get from Christ. I can't help but think about just the way that Ruth served Naomi over and over again. She sacrificed time, comfort, convenience, just everything just to walk alongside Naomi. It starts from a place of understanding that I truly am nothing without Christ. I'm going to consider everyone else just better. People will know that we are his disciples if we have love for who? One another. Steve Clark and Kim Clark, you guys have loved me day in and day out. Mike and Peggy Lively and just the way they serve our college ministry, but also have just served me, have prayed for me, loved me and encouraged me, um, welcomed me into their home, into their family. And that's just been such a blessing. And I just have seen so many people at Highland do that for me. Somebody has always been walking alongside me, even when I felt like I didn't have anything. The Johnson family. Catherine has discipled me. She has just invited me into her life. As I graduated and stepped into young adulthood, I didn't have a place to stay and they let me stay in their back house. I think we're going on three months. I'm, I love you guys. Thanks for letting me be family. The way that I've been built up in Highlands, CGs, um, having accountability, having people to answer the one another of James 5.16, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so you may be healed. I've witnessed that to be true. One of my good friends, John Anderson and brother here at Highland, uh, when I think about someone who loves one another, it's him. Literally just last month, he reached out to me, phone call at work. How's the week been? How are you doing? How can I be praying for you? You have no idea how much I needed that. The community of servants that are at Highland, people come and go all the time in those positions. And so it's not this, hey, like this is your job. It is so much just followers of Christ within the church that are finding any opportunity to love the community that God has put before them. Back half of 2019, I actually would show up to Highland every single day because it was it was such a difficult time. And I would just sit in Zach and Derek's office. They had work to do, but they let me come in and just stay with them. I'm just so thankful that God has given me the gift of community. And we can just have brothers. <laughs> like This is what God designed it to be. We get to do life with each other. There's going to be moments when everything is great and you're strong. In those moments, you get to serve and love your brothers and sisters who are going through something tough. But then there's going to be times when you're feeling weak, when you feel like you can't go anymore and you need your family. That's what loving one another is. That's what being there for one another is. And 
That's the church. We are the church. Highland. Highland. Let's continue. Let's continue to love one another. Good morning, 10 a.m. Good to see you. Megan Hill is one of the editors for Gospel Coalition, and she writes in biblical terms, there are no individual saints. In its 60 appearances in the New Testament, the word saints is always plural and always used as a description of all the Christians in the church. In other words, we're in this together. Church family is a, is a team sport. And so for those who are Highlanders, those who are in Christ, we are, we are one. We're inseparable. Uh, not only inseparable um, spiritually, but really inseparable eternally. This, this is family. And I pray that this morning as we consider this coming fall semester, a very different fall semester, not only for Highland, but for every church in Waco and really every church inter- internationally, that we consider what this fall semester is going to look like in view, yes, of COVID-19, but monumentally more than that in view of God's word. So in God's word, would you turn with me, please, to the book of Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 together. Either a copy that you brought with you, or you can go to your smartphone, your device, and let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 together as a church family. If you're relatively new to church, the book of Ephesians is the 10th book in the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and begin in verse 1 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul is writing, and I love how he begins this. I'm sorry, I'll scoot back over to the middle here. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. So this is the context. This is the foundation upon which Paul is writing this. He's in prison. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility. And the way this would read in the original language would be with all humility, all gentleness, with all patience, bearing with one another, bearing with one another in love. Let's stop and look at that word bearing very quickly. Um, It's a a very interesting word in in Greek. In in Greek, it is anekomai. Anekomai. And Let's, let's learn that together. It's a, it's a fun Greek word. So, unneck. And the next phrase is great. It's oh my. So, and then what do you say when a little mouse scurries, which is a verb? E, exactly. E. So, you got unneck. So, think about your neck. Unneck. Oh my. E. So, let's say that together. Unneck. Oh my. E. Man, you are regular Greek scholars in here. Unneck. Oh my. Uh, you can remember that because it's being patient with people who are a pain in your neck. That's how you can remember that word in, in Greek. It is being tolerant toward those who, who are bothersome to you, who try your, your patience, who are on your very last nerve. Quite literally, in, in Greek, it, it means to hold yourself back from saying something you want to say. It means quite literally in, in Greek to hold yourself back from reacting unwisely. This is what it means. So let's start back over here 
In verse 2, with all humility, with all gentleness, with all patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's look at a few things this morning from this passage as we prepare for the fall semester. Here's the first thing. Unity is work. Difficult work. To be united in a marriage, to be united in a family, to be united united in friendships with with roommates, certainly to be united in a church, and even more so perhaps a a large church. It's not just work. It's difficult work. There is nothing easy friends and family about unity because our default setting is not unity our default setting is self-centeredness if we're going to fall back on something we normally don't fall back on unity if we're going to fall back on something we normally fall back on our own preferences we fall back on what's in it for me what's what's best for me what what does it look like for me That is why unity is such difficult work. There's nothing easy about it because unity is not in our default settings. And here's a little sub-point there. It's going to require five things. Here's here's five things that it's going to require. These are five difficult things. The reason that unity is difficult work is because of the requirement of these five things. Number one, living a life worthy of the calling. That's difficult enough right there, verse 1. Living a life that's worthy, that meets the standard by which we were saved, the calling that God has in our lives. But also it's going to require humility, verse 2. It's going to require patience, verse 2. It's going to require anekomai, which is bearing with one another, verse 2. And I love this, it's going to require an eagerness for oneness. That's why I say our default setting, if we don't do anything, we don't gravitate naturally toward unity. We're going to have to be eager for unity. We're going to have to aim for unity. We're going to have to move toward unity within a church. In fact, we struggle toward unity. It is an uphill climb. To get to unity, it is arduous work. It is a toil to get there. It is walking slowly uphill, but you're eager for oneness. You're moving toward oneness. Here's the second thing we see in this passage. Unity, perfect unity, is possible for Christians. I'm not talking about that unity that's kind of held together because no one's saying anything. I'm not talking about that unity that's kind of held together because everyone wants to, everyone wants to just to get along. I'm not talking about that real temporal unity. I'm talking about perfect unity. It really is possible for those who are in Christ, not so for the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. In case you thought I was going to leave it at the Democrats, the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, this is impossible for there to be unity there. It's impossible for businesses, for organizations, for clubs, for teams. But it's very possible for those who are in Christ Jesus. How is it possible for those who are Christians to, to be united, to, to be of one mind, one heart, one purpose, one vision, one goal, one direction? How is that even possible? We see this. We have the life of the Trinity in us. Look at verse 4. There's one spirit. Verse 5, there's one Lord. Speaking of Jesus, verse 6, there's one God. He's the Father of all, who is over all, through all, in all. You see, as believers in Christ, we have the life of the Trinity, the life of God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. 
in us. There's this great power that has come into our lives as followers of Christ. That great power can actually translate even for a church, not just unity, but perfect unity. Jump down to the very end of that chapter, Ephesians chapter 4. There's some other one another's that Paul references when he's writing to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 We see that same all-encompassing word there. And so in Greek, it would read, let all bitterness and all wrath and all anger and all clamor and all slander be put away from you along with all malice. Now, a few of those words in the ESV, we don't use a whole lot today, but, but the word clamor means to yell out in anger. It means to shout in outrage. Certainly that does not sound familiar at all in our culture today, but that's what clamor is, to yell out in anger. Malice is, a, is actually a dark word. Malice is a pretty dark word. It means that you have a desire for someone else to be injured. You have a desire for someone else to be distressed. You have a desire to inflict pain upon another. So Paul says that all those things be gone, verse 32, but be kind to one another. There's another one another. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Here's the third thing. You could look at this in this passage. Unity is subtraction and addition. It is putting some things off subtraction. It is putting some things on addition. So, so how do we get to unity? How do you get to unity within your family? How do you get to unity within a group of Christian friends? How do you get to unity within, within a church family? Well, subtraction and addition. We get there by subtracting six things, all in verse 31. We have to subtract out of our lives individually, not just the whole, but out of our lives individually. Bitterness and wrath take away anger. Subtract clamor and slander and malice, but then we have to add something in. It's not just putting off, it's also putting on. We add in these three things, all found in verse 32. Individually, we need to add in kindness and tenderheartedness and forgiveness. And what is the level of that forgiveness? In the exact same way that God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. It's quite a level. So how can we love one another? As this fall semester quickly approaches, how do we serve one another? How do we prefer one another above ourselves? How do we submit to one another? How do we honor one another this coming fall semester, actually beginning next Sunday? Let me lay out a short vision for you this morning. Here's the first thing for you to know. We're going to have five gatherings beginning next Sunday in two locations at three times and no longer by last names. So for the summer, we have been meeting by last names to kind of help balance out the, the, the numbers and the gatherings. And so that's about to go away next week. Five gatherings, two locations, three times. We're going to have the 840 and the 10 o'clock and the 1120 here in the Life Center. We will also have in the chapel an 840 and a 10 a.m. that will have live music. So the worship leader and the band will be live. And they will live stream in the sermon from that time. So 8.40 in the chapel, we'll hear the 8.40 sermon. 10 o'clock in the chapel, we'll hear the 10 o'clock sermon that's coming from here in the Life Center. Where do we need people beginning next week? Let me circle those for you. We need 8.40 chapel people. We need 10 o'clock chapel people. And we need 11.20 Life Center people, if that's possible at all with your schedule. We understand that our small groups that meet on campus, our ABFs, they'll, they'll dictate that to some of you. I know some of you with kids, some of you with work schedules, whatever that might be, might, might say that you have to attend a certain time. But if you're asking the question, hey, preacher guy, where do you need people next week? I would say 840 chapel, 10 o'clock chapel, and 1120 
Life Center. The 840 Chapel is just going to run for a minimum of three weeks for us to kind of evaluate and kind of see what it's looking like once all the students come back, all the school comes back, all families come back. The 840 Chapel will run beginning next week, August 23rd, until September 6th. The 10 a.m. Chapel venue will run for six weeks, minimum. It'll begin next week, August 23rd, and go to September 27th. Now, we are asking, in fact, as close as a word as you can get to requiring volunteers to do something. So this is voluntold. We've, we've voluntold some people. We would like for you, please, assign some people to be at the 840 Chapel, the 10 o'clock Chapel. You see that on the screen behind me. August 23rd and September 6th, we're asking for common ground, for faith builders, the harbor, generations, ABF, and God's nations, if you don't mind worshiping in the chapel at 840. August 30th, we're asking for precepts and home builders and the journey and all of our youth, all of our student ministry to worship in the chapel at 840 on that Sunday, August the 30th. For 10 o'clock, you see that we've assigned some people. August 23rd, we're asking for the chapel at 10 o'clock for Koinonia, Prime Time and Empty Nest to be there, those ABFs. August 30th, we're asking for the Knowing Jesus ABF Foundations and all of our college leadership team and all of our college CG leaders to be in the chapel at 10 o'clock. On that next Sunday, September 6th, Bilingual Fellowship and all of our deacons and their families were asking them to worship at 10 o'clock in the chapel. On September 13th for Koinonia, prime time, empty nest, and again, our college leadership team and all of our college CG leaders to meet in the chapel at 10 o'clock for that venue. September 20th, Knowing Jesus and Foundations and then some CGs, the Anderson CG, the Socorro CG, and the Judy CG, the Connection Groups, we're asking them to worship at 10 o'clock in the chapel. Lastly, September 27th, the ESL, ABF, how's that for some acronyms? Countdown to Marriage Group, the Lady CG, and the Jacob Newbert CG. We're asking for them to worship in, in the chapel. Now, those, those are the voluntolds. Now we're looking for some volunteers. We're looking and hoping for 100 volunteers on those circled times, the 840 chapel, the 10 o'clock chapel, and the 1120 Life Center. Now, we're looking for 100 people to move from wherever you worship now to 1120 or to 840 or to 10 o'clock in the chapel. What, what type of people do we need to, to move to new places? We need happy people to do that. We're looking for happy people. So if in the morning time, you'd quickly get bent out of shape or not having coffee changes you into a monster or you can, you're quickly exasperated, just stay where you are. Just enjoy whatever gathering you want to be at. We don't need any monsters next week. We don't need any exasperated Baptists next week. We just, if you, you just sit where you want to sit and you just come whatever time you want to come in. However... If you consider yourself a happy, chill servant of God, then we're asking if you could go to 840, 100 of you to go to 840 in the chapel, 100 of you to go to the 10 o'clock chapel, 100 of you to move and, and go to the 1120 here in, in, in the Life Center. We, we need 300. Ironically, the same number in Gideon's army. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for some chill, happy Gideon's army people who don't mind drinking from their hand and sitting wherever. That's what we're looking for. 300 people, 100 to the chapel, 100 to the chapel, 100 at 1120. Let's talk about masks for a second because that's been a really happy conversation also these past couple of months around our nation. 
There will be some events, there will be some small groups, there will be some activities that we have that will require masks for the duration, the entirety of that ministry or that small group or that event. In the gathering, we're going to ask for you to wear a mask in to the gathering and once you're seated, uh, you can take that mask off and once you leave, you need to put that mask back on again. However, you're always welcome to leave a mask on for the duration, the entirety of any gathering uh, any small group event, any ministry that's going on in the church, if that's a conviction of yours to protect yourself and to protect others, we, we celebrate that. Small groups, uh, preschool, and, and full mass will begin next Sunday. It will continue next Sunday, 8.40, 10 o'clock, and 11.20. Our kids' connection will be at 8.40 and at 10 o'clock next week. Um, our student ministry, they're dividing into two times just to give some more space. They'll have an 840 student connection and a 10 a.m. student connection. Uh, college students, we're not having college connection this year, as you could probably guess, because of the use of the chapel uh, for that 840 and that 10 o'clock venue. But we will have some college nights here in the Life Center, able to physically distance, have tables set out, some nights of, of games and worship, of being in the presence of God, Bible study together. And of course, there's about 40 plus college CGs that are ready to go and move into full activation. Adults, uh, CGs and ABFs, which is connection groups and adult Bible fellowships, the Worth Women's Bible Study, the Chosen Men's Bible Study, uh, the equipping classes on Wednesday night, the Monday morning Bible study, all those things uh, are, are, are happening. And again, the protocols will vary depending on the number of people there and the size of the room. You may be asked to, to wear a mask. There's also a change, and I know that church people love change. There will no longer be a Highland handout on Sunday morning. Some of that is for cost savings. A lot of it's just for information savings. Honestly, you will begin to get, starting next Sunday morning, an info card that looks like this on the front, just says, welcome to Highland Baptist. On the back is all the information happening in all the different age groups, ways you can serve. But there's a QR code on it, so you can just take your camera and your smartphone, uh, make sure that the QR code is within that frame. It'll take you to a landing page on the website. That will change all the time. This card won't change, but probably every 10 to 12 weeks or so. But the website's constantly changing, so you can go to that QR code and find out what's happening that week, how you can be involved. You'll also continue to get the Thursday morning family email. Of course, we still have social media. You can go to the website at any point during the week and learn more what's happening in the life of the church. So beginning next Sunday morning, these are probably geared a little bit more toward first-time people or people who desire to get involved in the life of, of Highland, you're always welcome to take one because that QR code, again, will take you to a landing page on the website that will change every single week. Parking. Wow, I may be more nervous about sharing this than anything else. Come in as few cars as possible. So moms and dads who have three teenagers, instead of four cars, if you don't mind, one car. College roommates, as opposed to all of you jumping into five different cars and coming, if you don't mind, trying to consolidate and carpool best you can. That would be so helpful. We have lost, for a very noble project, we have lost some parking places for the wellness center that is being built right across the street, a place for our neighborhood, a medical clinic and food pantry, a, way, a place of help and hope for our neighborhood, a way for us to minister to those that live around us. But we've lost some spaces there. Because of that, we need you to carpool best you can. I'm also asking if you're able... And if you're also relatively happy, if you're able and a relatively happy person, if you don't mind parking in the far reaches of the parking lot or even on the streets and, and making the walk in, that would also be helpful. Dean Highland Elementary, just a few blocks right behind me, has been kind enough to open up the entirety this year of their parking lot. 
So there's 82 spaces down there. That should be about 180, maybe even 200 people can park there. And we have shuttle carts that will take you back and forth. And so they'll drop you off right over here to my right, to your left by that door. They'll drop you off for, for the gathering or for church. And you just go back to that same place. And that golf cart will take you back to Dean Highland. That would be a great place for 82 cars to be parked um, every Sunday. You know, m- many people want to do great things for God. Few people want to do small things for God. This is a small thing, I think, to park far away, to ride together, for 82 cars to be parked in all the gatherings, 82 uh, at a time there at Dean Highland Elementary. That'd be an incredible way to serve one another, to bless one another. Here's here's what D.L. Moody says. I have never known the Spirit of God to work where the Lord's people were divided. Let that sink in for just a second. D.L. Moody, wise man, great pastor, said, I have never known the spirit of God to work where the Lord's people were divided. Here's how we're going to close this morning. Would you mind standing with me, please, for us to pray? But we're going to pray in a little different way. I'm going to ask if you're a Highlander. If you're not a Highlander, you feel free to do whatever you want to do at this time. But if you're a Highlander, would you mind just putting your hands out like this? Would you pray with me? God, we open our hands because we're offering ourselves to you. God, our hands are open because we're offering to you our hearts. Here's our hearts, Lord. Take them, seal them for your courts above. God, our hands are open because that's how we're going to hold these plans very loosely. We want to adjust as your spirit tells us to adjust. We want to say yes before you even ask us a difficult question. God, our hands are also open because we want to let go of our preferences. We want to let go of what's easiest for us. God, I'm leaving my hands open because I want my self-centeredness to be taken away. God, our hands are also opened in in gratitude and in worship. You've been so good to us. You are good and you do good. Father, our hands are open because we have no idea what this fall semester is going to look like. But we do know this, we're in your hands. Jesus, we make this declaration again. This church belongs to you. Jesus, you are the head of this church. You are the foundation of this church. And there is no other foundation laid outside of the foundation of Jesus Christ. So build this church upon that rock. Build our lives upon that rock. The rock that will not give way. The rock that is steady. The rock that is true. Jesus, our hands are also open as a visual reminder that we are simply the people of your hand. We are merely and simply and beautifully the sheep of your pasture. You are the shepherd, we are the sheep, and we love that equation. We will joyfully follow you. God, would you give us a greater grace for this fall semester to follow you united as only the people of God can do with the life of the Trinity inside of us. Move us toward perfect unity. 
for the glory of God, for the good of Waco, for the good of your people. In Christ, we say, this is our heart that we hand to you. In Jesus, we pray. In Jesus, we sing. Amen. Amen.